Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, who's going to be on our show in the next segment? Uh, we got a good friend of mine who covered the Raiders for two decades and has written a book about uh, the Oakland Raiders, which I think a lot of our NFL fans listening will enjoy, and that's Steve Corcoran, longtime uh, beat writer for the Raiders for, the, uh, for several of the East Bay newspapers. Uh, when did he, you said he used to do yeah, that? Yeah, he covered okay. him from 1995 through, I believe, 2015 was his last year. Or okay. Four, or 14. 20, it, 20 years. And was it 2002 that uh, they lost to Tampa Bay? 2002 they the lost one? to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Yeah, where they got embarrassed. That was It was interesting. That was a short week, if you'll recall. They didn't have a two-week uh, layover between the, fi- the finals. And what happened was Barrett Robbins, their center, got into He had some problems with substance abuse, and he disappeared on the team. And he was that. an all-pro. And at the last minute they had to replace him which really created havoc and John Gruden knew exactly what the Raiders were going to do because he had coached the previous year so he just exploited that weakness and the Tampa Bay just clobbered the Raiders. Why, why was there just a one week or they just decided as an experiment? Yeah it's try. It's actually happened a couple of times and I think it was just the way you know the NFL decided to do it for whatever reason um, you know probably. Well, I do think it's smart that they do the uh Pro Bowl before now because no one really cares about it. Afterward. Uh, I know. Well, you know, it's just all star games in general. I mean, yeah. do you really? Wa- I don't even watch the baseball all star game anymore because I don't think the players really care. You know, it's funny. This is, I think, the first year I didn't watch it because well, I used to really get into it. But you're yeah. right. It's just when the players don't really get the. Eh. Yeah, back in the day when you and I were kids, the players cared. They, yeah. they took pride. In the, and now the leagues are so amalgamated and, and so much interleague play. Plus, I think you know, there's nothing at stake. Yeah. Well, so. I, I, yeah, the idea of, you know, the, the home team. You know, for home team advantage, if you get in the World yeah. Series, not everyone gets there. So, no. all right, this segment of Sports Econ One Hundred and One is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over seven and a half percent at less than sixty percent loan to value. Check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. You're listening to Sports Econ One Hundred and One. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back.
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's the Labor Day sale at Ace, and it's the perfect time to buy a grill from our exclusive lineup of premium brands, including Weber, Traeger, and more. Plus, Ace has grill experts to make sure you get the right grill, whether you're looking for gas, charcoal, wood pellet, or ceramic. And right now, get the right grill delivered right to your house. Now through Labor Day, hurry in and buy any grill, $3.99 and up, and we'll assemble and deliver it free, only at Ace. Offer valid for Ace Rewards members only. See participating store for scheduling and details. The Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa is a desert oasis for family travel or a quick weekend getaway in the Coachella Valley. It's the perfect place to recharge. The world-class resort features stunningly appointed hotel rooms, five restaurants, and a rejuvenating spa with an array of relaxing treatments. In addition to health and wellness classes, you can play golf, tennis, or enjoy one of the many hiking trails the area has to offer. Taking care of their little guests is a top priority, offering a kids program along with a family-friendly pool featuring the only sandy beach in the valley. Nonstop flights are available from San Francisco to Palm Springs, so be sure to book your Renaissance Indian Wells Oasis Getaway today. Call 760-773-4444. Once again, that's 760-773-4444. Or go to Marriott.com and check out the Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa in Indian Wells, California for some great deals. Allergies. Pollen in the air. Dogs in the house. Mold in the basement. Whatever triggers your allergy symptoms, it can really hold you back. Break through with Allegra 5-in-1 Relief. Allegra works fast, won't make you drowsy, provides 24-hour multi-symptom relief, and it's effective every day. Break through allergies with Allegra. Starts working in one hour, use only as directed, guaranteed, or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. We love watching sports, but with so many options for television and online streaming, it's nearly impossible to catch all the best moments of your favorite games. Now with the Sport Flip app, you can receive real-time customized notifications so you know when your games are back on after a break. Sport Flip is simple. Just set which games or teams you want to follow, and whenever a game returns from a commercial break, period change, or rain delay, you will receive a notification on your device. Download Sport Flip from the App Store today and watch more sports. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who do we have on the phone? A good friend of mine who covered the Raiders, a beat writer for many, many years for some East Bay newspapers, Steve Corcoran, joining us. And he's written a book along with, uh, we had John Kingdon on last week, a longtime Raider executive, talking a little bit about some of the stories. Steve, uh, you know, the Raiders of the 70s and up until the mid-80s, they're, they're sort of legendary. The Raiders of the 90s and beyond that you covered, you know, people don't talk about them that much, but there are some interesting personalities on those teams and I know you got to know these guys quite well because you travel with them you're around them five days a week during the season what, what do you recall and what are your favorite memories about some of the the teams that you covered uh, during that era oh boy um, well I you know it was kind of one of those things where I walked into it full-time in 1997 which was the Joe Bugle year Joe Bugle that's right wound up being a uh, seminal year in the Al Davis um 
you know, when his reign in that they went 4-12 that year, which was the worst record since Al had uh, joined the Raiders in 63. Mm-hmm. And so it was a low point for his uh, reign there. And also it was kind of, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a once-in-a-lifetime uh, year in that if you can imagine uh, the Raiders it did the impossible, were last in uh, pass defense and run. I, I mean, you can't do that again. Mm-hmm. Usually horrible against one, and so the teams won't have to bother passing against you if you're horrible against a run. Well, the Raiders were last against both. Wow. And um, so that kind of typified the year, and uh, Tim Brown threatened to call his own plays toward the end of the year. Chester Lockton was talking to Marty Schottenheimer in, uh, at Arrowhead, you know, in the middle of a game, in the middle of a, I believe it was a 30 to nothing loss. And so we asked what happened afterward. He said he was telling Schottenheimer to tell his players to call off the dogs on him because he <laughs> wanted to play. Sad state of affairs for the Raiders. That's that's kind of unlike anything we've seen, and I, I remember it well because I was on the sidelines doing sure. radio, and it it was. Uh, I remember there were a couple of early season losses in the last second. One at Tennessee in the Titans' first ever game at, at uh, you'll remember this uh, at Memphis in a, a brutally hot day, and then and then the next week they lost when Andre Risen caught a last second touchdown. I remember Joe Bugle closed off the locker room. And we couldn't even get a post game player for our radio show. We had to. Have, they actually brought uh, Albert Lewis came out on his own because that team was just stunned. They didn't expect to be uh, losing two games back to back in the final seconds. Right. Yeah. We have um, Albert. Actually, he's featured in the uh, book because he was pivotal in that he came over from the Chiefs, and uh, so he was with the Raiders' rival, and then he gets. Uh, wooed by Al to come over to play for the Raiders, and that's his, uh, uh, that was his second to last year, and so he gets to see both sides, and then his last year, he's here at the arrival of John uh, Rudin in 98, and so he's able to uh, kind of weigh in and to lend from the player aspect what this was like, but the, but the Bugle year, uh, for as bad as that was, it helped um on at the Gruden era, which up until now uh, is the best the Raiders played since they came back to Oakland. And um, if there's a scene in the book with John Kingdon, he's sitting in the Coliseum, last game of the 97 season, and the Raiders are 4 and 11, and we know they're going to lose again. And he said he can't get out of his car. He said that it's just, he's mortified by how bad the Raiders are, and he's just watching the fans go past, and he can't even look at them. So he gets out of the car, and he goes into the game, and, of course, the Raiders lose. And um, so Al calls John the next afternoon and says, uh, so what did you think? He goes, I'm embarrassed. He, he said, I've never felt more embarrassed to be part of this team and what is going on. And, uh, and he said, something has to happen. And so Al says, he goes, you're right. Which, how often did you hear Al say, you're right? Yeah. <laughs> so Al, and so Al says, you're, you're right. He said, I'm going to do something big to get this turned around. And so at the time, we didn't know how big that would be. And so it leads into two chapters in the book um, about the hiring of Gruden. And then we take you up to the Tuck game. And then the, the second one is from the Tuck game on, how that kind of changed 
franchise again when Al uh, wouldn't uh, give Gruden a new uh, deal after four years. Well, hey, Steve, let me interrupt you for a second. What, what was the big deal about bringing Gruden on? I mean, why, why would do you think that that would have changed, you know, the, the, the whole complexion uh, of the Raiders? Well, we didn't know at the time because he had just been a coordinator with the Eagles, um, and he had interviewed with Al a couple times uh, prior to that. So Al knew about him, and Gruden uh, was getting a reputation. Um, and but the thing that gets lost is that is that Gruden finally accepts the job, and if you can go back to the time, all of the other jobs had. So if um, if Gruden had have, would have been offered a job by a different team at the beginning of that process, he probably wouldn't have signed with the Raiders. But he's at the end of the hiring process, and the Raiders are the last job opening. Mm. So if you're so if you're a guy like him, you're thinking, okay, I'm 32 or 33. I've got a team that wants to hire me as a head coach, and I've already interviewed. Um, you have to say yes at some point and Gruden, like a lot of coaches as it turned out used the Raiders to get a line on the resume so hey look you know I can say that I've coached in the NFL and if it doesn't go well well I can say well look who I had to work on yeah <laughs> exactly it was interesting though watching but, uh, yeah. but he came in and it turned out that we learned that he was the first coach that Al hired who had the, you know, he had the gall, he had the courage to say, hey, look, I'm going to do things my way. I am not going to accept the, uh, you know, his, the problems that have gotten the Raiders to this point. And so there's an an excellent passage in the book how Gruden makes a move in the minicamp. He gets rid of Larry Brown. Oh, boy, yeah. Does it. And he does it without asking Al. Mm. And he and so he tells Bruce Kebrick, one of the guys in the book, and uh, he says, "I think I," he said, "I think I just uh, lost my job." And so, I, so if you can imagine, Rudin thinks he's going to get fired before he ever coaches a game. <laughs> and so it actually turns out, Bruce Kebrick says, "No, no, no, no," says that I think this is a great move, and he says. You know, that the players are going to recognize that, hey, you know, there's a new guy in town and he isn't going to put up the crap and he's going to run out of town to these guys that Al has a tendency to keep around. And um, so that's when we learn that Gruden has a little bit of moxie and he's a, he's a different kind of guy. Yeah, it's fun watching John Gruden, too, because I covered a lot of those games in that era. And the thing about him, he's much different than John Madden, but very similar in the very outgoing, wore his heart on his sleeve and very personable. I remember flying on the team plane several years with the Raiders uh, during his era, and he was always like, uh, I wouldn't say entertaining, but he'd invite uh, some of the people from the Raiders, um, and myself included, and Greg Papa and Tom Flores, to just sit around and listen to him talk about football and tell stories. He was quite an entertaining guy. Yes, and the thing that he did is that he's, I think when you go back and look, is that he gets uh, far more credit for being in. I mean, he is the Hall of Fame coach by any stretch. And um, I mean, if you go back and look at his history with quarterbacks, it's horrible. I mean, it, this is a guy now who has a 
as a show on quarterbacks and all that stuff. But if you look at the guys that he drafted and he developed, he won with Rich Gannon, who was in his ninth, tenth, eleventh year, who he didn't want at the beginning. Um, and then he wins with Brad uh, Johnson when he goes to the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, well, hey, uh, Steve, uh, stay, stay with a, qu- a quick second. We have to cut to a yeah, quick sure. break here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going to ask a trivia question. If you know the answer, just uh, don't say anything until we get back. Okay, this is a baseball question here. In 1996, which player hit a single, then stole second, then third, and then home, all in one at bat? All right, that's our trivia question. Email edward at sportsecon101. The answer to that question. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be right back. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit, but you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Our first trivia question was a baseball question. 
Uh, actually, all these questions are baseball questions because uh, it's stuff happens. Is what, it's what it's called. Okay. In 1996, which player hit a single, then stole second, then third, and then home, all in one at bat? I haven't a clue. Do you have any idea, Steve? Boy, 96, um, that was probably post-Vince uh, Coleman, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm you know, it's funny. I... The mid '90s, uh, I I had so little interest because I was having to cover baseball. But after the strike, it just ruined my taste well, for baseball. '94 was the strike. Yeah, '94 so, yeah, was the strike. Was until, until about '97, I, I yeah, just did not really care tough. much about baseball. I was so disillusioned. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. It was uh, Eric Young of uh, the oh, Colorado yeah. Rockies. Eric Young. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Who later played? At the here's an interesting little sidelight about him. He played with the with the Oakland A's. Or Oakland A's, the San Francisco Giants, and they could have activated him for the playoffs. In 2003, they didn't, and when they needed a pinch runner in the ninth inning of the deciding playoff game in, in Miami, they had J.T. Snow on the base, who was one of the slowest players who gets thrown okay. out at the plate for the last out of the game. And if they they had Young on the roster in the regular season, but they decided not to carry him in the postseason, he would have been available to, to have played. They wow. would have tied the game up, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, so yeah. there's a little interesting trivia. Wow. Anyway, Steve Corcoran is joining us, and Steve uh, just uh, came out with a book about the Raiders. And, and Steve, you were telling us a story a little bit about John Gruden and um, and how he had a problem. People don't realize this, but outside of Rich Gannon, he really, and even you know Brad Johnson had a decent year, but Rich Gannon, or rather uh, uh, John Gruden, wasn't known for developing quarterbacks at all, no, was he? No, not at all. Is that then part of it? I mean, if you want to go to the Raiders, Marcus Tuiasosopo, um, mm-hmm. if they got him in second round, and we kind of touch upon that a little bit in the book, is that when he comes out, it's uh, Drew Brees and him are two of the top guys, and um, Al had watched the bowl game, and Marcus, I think, outplayed uh, Brees in that game, and, um, and so Al had uh, called John Kingdon, and they were talking about it, and uh, Al didn't like Brees that much. He said, I do or he doesn't have the arm and all that stuff, which at the beginning of his pro career was accurate. I mean, if you saw Brees the first couple of years with the Chargers, um, he was not that impressive. And then all of a sudden he worked on that, and they built a system around him, and he turned into a player. Oh, he's a very power. accurate uh, thrower. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. But, but he had problems getting the ball out and uh, you know to the sidelines and have much on it. And Al, at one point, he makes a comment in the book um, – as, as long as the Chargers have that guy at quarterback, we will never lose to him. And, of course, the Chargers with Breeze. Oh, there were some like 10 and 1 against Al. And, uh, but anyhow, uh, the thing with Gruden is that um, why he succeeded is that he was the anti-Lane Kiffin in that when he walked in, he made everyone in the building feel as if you were on the same page. Mm. He got you fired up is that he was up early he was there first he was there late and he had you feel as if you were uh, played a pivotal role in beating the chiefs in the upcoming game whereas kiffin came in he was the opposite he had one guy mark jackson that he brought in as his assistant and he walled off everybody else he came in with the approach he had been warned that everybody in the building is your enemy learn who you can uh, who you let in and ultimately he let in no one mm. and so he pissed off the entire building including al of course <laughs> oh yeah and uh we have a chapter in there on lane which is um 
we were fortunate enough to have the guys who were uh, asked by Al in the hiring process and the firing process. So we take that thing from cradle to grave, and it's unbelievable wow. stuff that happened. What, what was going on with Lane Kiffin? He was only there a short time, but I know right from the start, everybody was stunned when Al brought him in. I mean, nobody really knew much about this guy. He was young. He was kind of brash. I mean, he just seemed like he was overwhelmed. What, what was going on with him? Well, well, he gets the job. I mean, if you want to take back to the beginning, Al goes after Steve Sarkeesian, whose name is back in the news now. He's at Alabama, where Lane just left, of course. Um, and Al is going after Steve Sarkeesian. Both he and Lane Kiffin were the co-offensive coordinators at uh, USC, which was in the middle of that run with Pete Carroll, Reggie Bush, and all that. And everybody's hot, and they're putting up. 40 points a game, so um, Sarkeesian, it becomes a hot name. So Al interviews him and loves him, and it then Sark at one point asked, uh, said, hey, can I bring up a guy? And so Al said, well, who? He said, Lane Kiffin. He said, I would like to have him on my staff as the coordinator, and Al says, sure. Lane comes up and like him as well, and uh, so Al is going to hire and then the next day, if they can't get a hold of him, he won't answer his phone. And so Al's like, what the hell's going on here? So he sends John Herrera, puts him on a plane, and says, you need to go and find this guy and get an answer from him. We're prepared to make him an offer here. Can't get a hold of him. So he's down USC, finally gets him on the phone, and, um, and Sarkeesian's agent actually calls Al. <clears throat> Says, hey, says he is going to take the job. And so um, Al talks to John Herrera and says, okay, we'll uh, go after the other guy, Lane Kiffin. And so fascinating. Uh, John tracks him down. And he's at a recruiting thing, and he tracks him down and says, hey, look, says um, Sark doesn't want the job, which Lane said, yeah, I kind of knew he had cold feet. And so John says, uh what about you? And he goes, eh, I don't know if I'd, uh, I don't know if I want to come up there for a coordinator's job. And so John Herrera was thinking to the interview process how both Al and him loved laying up on the whiteboard when he was diagram plays. And so he kind of takes it upon himself to say, well, why don't you come up and interview for the head coaching job? And so he goes, uh, that I would think about. And so they get him up here, and uh, Al hires him. And as we detail in the book, I mean, it, uh, you've got another young guy. Al had been hired at the same age, John Madden, John Rudin. Lane Kiffin's going to be the next guy who's in the 31 to 32 and 3 range, who's going to be the next guy that Al finds. And um, But it goes sour just a couple months in. When Al says, we want Jamarcus Russell, Lane, Lane Kiffin wants Cal Johnson, as well as most everybody else. And um, and Lane isn't going to budge on that. And so if before they ever play a game, uh, it's a failed relationship. And it set back the franchise, and it was I mean, it was brutal. Did Lane ever say why he didn't want Jamarcus Russell, which in hindsight was a smart thing? <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, he didn't because they thought that Calvin Johnson was a once-in-a-generation 
player, which turned out to be accurate. Yeah. And the thought process was that we also could get uh, Trent Edwards in the second round and that we could have a quarterback. We know that the receiver is going to be a player. We're not sure about Jamarcus Russell, which, as we outlined the book, there's a chapter on the Russell thing, which kind of deals with all the quarterbacks. See, Al never really drafted a quarterback in his history. No. Outside of Kenny Stabler. And as we talked about in the book, it wasn't even him who wanted him. That was Ron Wolf. That's right. So Al gets saddled with that as well, is that he goes his whole career after Stabler, always trying to find the next Daryl LaMonica. <laughs> the big strong arm guy uh, can throw yeah. the bomb. Yeah, he, I love right. those guys. Yeah. Right, and so Al, now all of a sudden, he has that guy. He's got Jamarcus. He's mm-hmm. got that guy, and Al was in love with – it goes back to the Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson thing. You know, Al didn't hate Marcus Allen. The biggest thing that Marcus Allen had against him was he wasn't Bo. And Al loved the the thought that any time you gave the ball to Bo, he had the chance to run over Brian Bosworth and yeah. <laughs> out the tunnel where – Marcus would be the five yards, six yards, catch, swing pass, nice block, and you know. Then you look at it when the game's over. Marcus has like twenty-two carries for one hundred thirty-eight yards. Al loved these, you know. Bo might go for eighty-five yards, and everybody's going to talk about it. And so that's what he was thinking with the Jamarcus Russell thing: was that wow, I've got my guy now who can throw it eighty yards, and and it just never happened into. Witness that thing was something else. As well. It's it's kind of sad when you think about it because I remember also you mentioned that uh, Al had not drafted um, Stabler. He gave his acquiescence to to Ron Wolf, you know, who was making that decision or at least right. making the recommendation. But then then they had a feud late in Stabler's Raider career. Trades him for Dan Pastorini, who turns out to be a disaster, gets his leg broken, and then opened the door for another guy who Al never really thought of as more than just a stopgap, and that was Jim Plunkett. What a, what a great story that is that turned out to be for the Raiders. Maybe the greatest story in their history when you think about it, because he, he was you know at the bottom of the heap when Jim Plunkett joined the Raiders. Oh, sure. He was um, – Jim is a guy who everybody thought was done. He had been so beat up yeah. you know, with the Patriots and the 49ers that when Al signed him, the first thing they did was say, look, you don't have to worry about – and I can't remember if it was for a whole year or, or, a, or a, about a year and a half. That's about a year and a half, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he said, "Look, we don't. The only thing we need you to do is to get your body healthy, and then we'll see what happens." And so, yeah, it was a brilliant stroke of luck. And Al had a lot of those. And so, we talked about those in the book. How he had a lot of those, and he had a lot of whiffs. Hey, Steve, stay with us one more time. we got to go to another commercial break here. Sure. Good stuff, though. Uh, another baseball uh, trivia question. In 1941, Yankee great Joe DiMaggio had a 56-game hitting streak. This was the largest hitting streak since which National League National Leaguer had 45? Mm. All right, don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. The Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa is a desert oasis for family travel or a quick weekend getaway in the Coachella Valley. It's the perfect place to recharge. The world-class resort features stunningly appointed hotel rooms, five restaurants, and a rejuvenating spa with an array of relaxing treatments. In addition to health and wellness classes, you can play golf, tennis, or enjoy one of the many hiking trails the area has to offer. 
Taking care of their little guests is a top priority, offering a kids program along with a family-friendly pool, featuring the only sandy beach in the valley. Nonstop flights are available from San Francisco to Palm Springs, so be sure to book your Renaissance Indian Wells Oasis Getaway today. Call 760-773-4444. Once again, that's 760-773-4444. Or go to Marriott.com and check out the Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa in Indian Wells, California for some great deals. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 welcome back to sports econ 101 one more time i'm edward brown your host along with bruce mcgowan second trivia question in 1941 we all know that uh, yankee great joe dimaggio had a 56 game hitting streak this was the largest hitting streak since which national leaguer had 45 you know this one it's a Hall of Famer, right? Uh, I believe he is. Willie Keeler? We Willie Keeler. Very that's good, right. Steve. I was going right. to say, you got you beat me to the punch. Yeah, very Hit good. Hit them where they ain't. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that little short uh, bottle, uh, sort of bottle-shaped Steve. bat. Wee Willie. Wee, Wee Willie. Willie. He's like a five foot seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're talking with Steve Corcoran, who just came out with a book about the Raiders, and you were, you know, we were discussing Al Davis. What a complex and fascinating and mysterious character he was, and he really cultivated that. He did not allow himself to be quoted or interviewed unless it was under circumstances where he could kind of control the situation. I'm wondering what your relationship was like with Al. What what did you see about Al personally that maybe uh, the general public was not aware of? Well, that's fascinating thing that uh, you, you know that you asked that is that when I sat down with Bruce Kebrick and John Kingdon about this, I said, look, I said, the, uh, I said, we're going to explore everything about Al Davis that we can. I said, the goal is to peel back the layers, many layers as we can, is that 
Al had a lot of players, but um, he made you feel as if you knew a lot about him, and he did that by hammering four or five things like commitment to excellence, pride and poise, just win, always wearing the same clothes, the quarterback must go down, he must go down hard, um, <laughs> it's the way one. they played and all that. But when you stopped and you thought about it, you really didn't know much about the guy at all. And I said, so um, we need to show as much as we can. And it, and I would say that the relationship I had with Al was like, was like everyone. You had the kind of relationship that Al wanted to have. Mm. You. And um, I don't feel as if he ever used me to get out his point. Um, he was aware of everything that everybody wrote, and he would have it even up till the end. He would have people show it to him, print it out, show it to him, and if there was something that he didn't like, um, he would make someone get on the phone, he gives a call at home. But um, but I think in the end I learned from the guys, from these guys and from John Herrera and a couple others, is that I had to ask them, what did he think about me? And, uh, you, know, I was, you know, I was happy to hear that they said that he thought you were fair and that, uh, you know, that he didn't have a problem with you, that it, and, uh, which can't be said for everybody. <laughs> That's uh, for sure. The fortunate is that, uh, and Bruce, as you know, once you crossed a certain line with Al, there was no going back. No, that, very true. As Lane Kiffin learned, which we have in the book, um, is that, once you did cross that line was that it wasn't enough to fire you or to get rid of you is that he was going to make darn sure, you know, that you knew that uh, you had crossed the line and you were going to pay for it. And not just in firing is that he was going to go after you Mm. long after that. Um, So um, he always kept you at arm's length and he controlled, he controlled, situation um he was kind of uh, dogmatic about that that was something that i think he wanted to have control over everything around him he was kind of fanatic yeah and uh, and i thought for me the uh one the one thing that i thought signified that he was okay with me came um in 09 father passed away Mm. and i was going to the service and i arrived and um i touch upon this in the book not to because it was because it had to do with me, but because it had to do with Al, is that I arrived at the place where we're having service, and my mom, I'm all worried about my mom, and I arrive with the pastor, and we hop out of the car, and here comes my mom, and he can't wait to get out the car, and I'm thinking, my goodness, I said, uh, what's going on here? And so my mom, she said, oh my goodness, she goes, you aren't going to believe the flowers that. We got him saying, well, I said, that's nice. I said, uh, everybody love, love your husband and all that. And she said, no, 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 no. She goes, you've got to see the flowers that the Raiders sent, mm. that Al sent. And so I went inside, and it happened just before I got there. And the way it happened was they got a knock on the door, and the guy said, hey, I had flowers on the Raiders. I said, wow, these are great. And he said, this is the first time I've ever had to deliver flowers and they said what do you mean he said i was told that i as the owner had to be the one to get them here that they had to be perfect and they had to be the biggest and the best and that was al was that mm. going to make a show and i kind of took that also as a sign that uh, hey you know 
you're okay. You've always you've always treated me fair, and um, you know that was pretty cool. Yeah, he's an interesting, interesting guy. I, I just remember I was lucky enough back in the seventies when I was a young reporter working at a TV station in Eureka. The Raiders used to let me travel with them once in a while, and I was lucky enough sure. to be at the uh, immaculate, not the immaculate reception, the Holy Roller game. And on the way home, Ron Feld, a very fine radio producer for the Raider radio broadcast, was playing a replay of that final play, which is probably Bill King's most famous call. You know, the mm-hmm. John Madden is on the field. He wants to know if it's real. They say, yes, get your big butt out of here. He does. And, and I, I remember yeah, yeah. when that line came out, Al Davis and, and John were both kind of, they came over to where we were sitting in the plane, and they just, John just started laughing. He thought it was so funny. And Al just had this big smile on his face. And then he said, kind of whispered, we got him good, didn't we? <laughs> And that was Al. He just loved to stick it to the other guy, you know, in a fair way. Uh, but he he uh, really reveled in, in the wins. and the, uh, You know, when they'd won, I mean, he really enjoyed it. I think he did. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, what, that's what I often thought about him, Bruce, and that is that uh, what must it have been like to have your whole week, your whole year, um, hand you upon the outcome of a game like mm. Oh. Yeah. And day one, his highs must yeah. have been really high, and some of the losses, Tuck game, the uh, oh, the yeah, Tuck game, yeah. the immaculate reception that game, Memphis. I mean, all of these games that they lost, Monday night game that we talked about at the Coliseum in the last second, mm. Chiefs in the Fugle year. I mean, what must that have been like? But then I also think that we go through life as people, and we're always trying to find that singular passion, you know, that hobby, that thing that we love, and we want to ride that for as long as we can. This guy found it, and he was able to ride that his entire life, um, which I think is pretty cool, and that is something to be admired. Now, it came at the expense of some things, of course, but, um, you know, he got to do what he wanted for many, many years, probably. 60 years. Yeah, and it's, it's so much fun when you think about the personalities, too. And I think he really enjoyed some of the characters, even the ones that were a little wild, like the John Matuzaks and the Lester Hayes. Uh, he liked yeah. those kind of, you know, sort of almost throwback personalities. He encouraged that, didn't he? Yeah, we have a, uh, um, as it as it turned out, uh, Bruce Kebrick was with the Oilers at 74, 74 or 3, I can't remember. Uh when the Oilers had the first pick, and they took John Matuzak. And so he's there with them at the beginning. Mm. And then Kingdon's at the Raiders when, well, they're both at the Raiders, when Al, Al signs him. So we go through that whole thing. How he kind of was the typical player in that era where Al was, um, you know, a guy that was a number one pick in the whole league in the draft. And then he gets uh, – Traded to the uh, Chiefs, I think, wasn't it? I think it was Kansas Chiefs, City. Chiefs, right. And then he has problems there with Paul Wiggin. Yep. And then he goes to the uh, Washington, and mm. he gets kept by Washington in camp, and then he winds up at the Raiders. And so, and I think part of that was Al also knew, and uh, he talks about that in there, that he had a motto was that, Let's be the second team that takes a player. Let the other team make the mistake, pay the salary, use the high pick. And he used to tell the scouts, find out what went wrong. Let's bring him in because now he isn't going to cost us 
first-round pick. He isn't going to cost us signing bonus. Find out where it went wrong, mm. because we had this guy rated highly also. If there's something that is missing, something that went wrong, and we can make it work here. And oftentimes it worked because you got a guy like that who knew that, okay, boy, I've been whacked by three teams here, and it's probably my last shot. Yeah. So he's, so he's thankful, you know, and he's got a chance to earn some money for a couple more years and to win a Super Bowl ring. And um, and Kingdon, oh, my goodness, he has he has a tail on him. He gets asked uh, – it's Kingdon's first year, and he gets called in and says, "Hey, can you go out on a uh, on a team function?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, sure." And they said, "We need a representative for a boosters uh, function." So, yeah, 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 sure. So, what do I have to do? He said, "Well, meet John Matuzak, and you guys are going to drive over." And he goes, "Yeah, sure, okay." And of course, thus begins a night of on. The way over to this thing, they have to stop at the liquor store. Have to get a, you know, they have to get a six pack, and then it's off to the bar. And everybody wants to buy the twos a drink. And Kingdon become, you know, his whole thing is, oh my god, this guy isn't going to be able to talk at the function. And then, oh my god, I've got to get this guy home because if something happens to him, it's going to be on me. And just this incredibly wild night. And uh, but they got through it, huh? They got through it, and Kingdon said that when he got home, that he put on the news, and he was watching through splayed fingers because he was just horrified that you know that all of a sudden something was going to come on the news. Major star John Matuzak has been in a car accident, <laughs> yeah. and he and so he goes, "Oh, I was so thankful that uh, you know that it didn't appear on the news," and he goes, "I was stunned when I got out to practice the next afternoon. See him on the field as a." Nothing had happened. Yeah. He has a good line that he gives to Kingdon that I can't tell you, but it's a, uh, I should say it's X rated and uh, <laughs> a character. What he, a character. I remember I was a young reporter interviewing him after a game once, and his eyes were going back and forth and back and forth because he was obviously still hyped up about the game. And he was sure. kind of, I could tell his, his, uh, his uh, pulse rate must have been through the roof, and he was going, you know, the thing is, when you play for the Oakland Raiders, you're looking at the other team, and you want to destroy. You want to destroy any semblance they may have of, you know, any kind of hope they have. You want to just <laughs> mash them into the ground because this is our house, and they're not going to come in here and disrespect us. And that's what we do. And he was very sincere about it. And I thought, God, I would not want to get on this guy's wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> what was he about? No, six, six, he six, came to six, a team where he, where he could blend in with other guys who thought the same way. Yeah, and. It, that's what Al saw, is that if you're a guy that thinks like that, a team like the Chiefs or the Oilers, you're going to you're gonna stick out, whereas yeah. the Raiders here, he yeah. landed in, and he was another one of the characters that they had, and, and it worked. It did work. Steve, it was a pleasure having you on. We definitely want to have you on again. We're going to have to cut to another commercial break here. Hey, and real quick, sure. what, yeah. what's the name of the book again for those that might be interested in getting it on? Al Davis, Behind the Raiders Shield. Al Davis behind the like Raiders Shield. Very good Great. name for a buck. Steve, Steve thanks, thanks so much. Thanks again. Yeah. Appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. All right. That's long time. Raider beat writer Steve Corcoran and uh, some good stories there. Excellent. Okay, here's our last trivia question. Last baseball question. Which National League pitcher in 2000 had a three-pitch inning twice in the season and both within a week of each other? Mm, well, that's a good one. That's pretty good. Three-pitch yeah. pit, three inning. Whew. 
You can go I mean, a lot that of innings. Means, that means that uh, whoever was at the plate hit you know little pop-ups or ground outs on the first pitch. Or all strikes. All strikes. Well, yeah. no, with three-pitch inning, it would be one, two, three outs. Oh, three-pitch inning. I'm thinking yeah, of yeah. something. I'm sorry. There, there, have, been, there have been guys who have thrown nine pitch innings and in all strikes. Yeah. That's that's happened. I was going to say, if, uh, if, I, if I was guy number three, I'd purposely take a ball. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. Just all right. Because. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We'll be back with some closing comments. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Last trivia question. Which National League pitcher in 2000 had a three-pitch inning twice in the season and both within a week of each other? God, another one I haven't a clue. I, I won't even draw an adventure, I guess. Probably some obscure pitcher. No, no, no. Starter? Uh, yeah. American and National League. Uh, he was in He was in the 
national, then American, then national. Oh, so he bounced around a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Hall of Famer? Uh, yeah, just got in not too long ago. Pedro Martinez? No. No? Oh, he only pitched for Boston anyway. Yeah. Well, he did pitch for the Dodgers briefly. Who was it? Randy Johnson. Randy, jo- Randy Johnson. Montreal. You know who he, remember who he uh, concluded his career with? With the Giants. With the Giants just before they won the World Series, 2009. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was there for one year. That was a kind yeah. of a – that was Panda's first year, the Pablo Sandoval, oh, yeah. who, by the way, I don't think will be back next no, year. No, I don't think so. I think the Raiders are going to go with him, Christian Arroyo. But it's fun, been fun to watch the, the, the Raiders. We the Raiders. We're talking about the Raiders. <laughs> the Giants are going to go with a kid named Christian Arroyo, yeah, who would have played this year. good. He is. Uh, he he played very well, but he got hurt. Yeah, he'll yeah. be back. God, he'll be back. Too many guys got hurt. Oh, yeah. The Giants had an awful year this year. Just awful. Yeah, are they going to lose 100 games? I hope not. <laughs> and they're, not, they're not on pace to right now. They've, they've slowed down the, the losing, but they lost three over the weekend. And are so. the Dodgers going to set the record? I don't think they'll set the record, but they're going to be in the top three or four. The, the record yeah. is still, I think, safe with the, with the Seattle Mariners. I think they won 115 or 113. 113. Or 114, I 114. Think it was. I think yeah. it was. and then they lost in the ALCS. I know to, to the, the Yankees. Yankees. <laughs> well, everybody was losing to the Yankees in those years. That's true. It's, well, the Dodgers have been, you know, doing well, and then they lose in they the playoffs. They choke in the playoffs every year. They do. Yeah. All right. Here's our thoughts for the day. Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. That's very true. That's true. What and what the, was the battle you're fighting? Um. I have to think about that. I'm not yeah. fighting too many battles right now. Yeah. Last pretty good. Pretty good. I, I like I like it pretty good. Uh, the way it pretty is. good. Pretty good. And the best way to predict the future is to create it. Ah, I like that one. That's I a like good that one. one too. Yeah. All right. Well, the best way to to predict the, predict future, the future is, is to, create to create it. Remember that one. Yeah, I like these all these positive ones. Yeah. All right. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.